0: They are who we thought they were.
1: And we let them out the I get out of hand, just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. F left, 372 Y stick, C spot.
0: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
1: Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yes, it is Friday. It's Friday, Friday, Friday. Hallelujah. Are you happy about it? It's also Friday of Super Bowl weekend. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I already know how you feel. Kind of the same as me. It's like, yes, you're going to look forward to watching that Super Bowl on Sunday afternoon just after, you know, an hour or two or three after your worship service. Right? Right? Exactly. Welcome into the show here on this Friday in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with The home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service, all of that and more. And you get to deal with somebody one-on-one, it's the way it ought to be and everything, but it's not the way it is and everything. But with Farm Bureau Insurance, local agent, pick up the phone, call them any hour, night or day, and they'll help you out. Welcome into the show. Hour one, just underway. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. As usual, let me recount the ways. Hit me up on the text lines. That's that's a great way to text. I mean, a great way to communicate is text on days when, you know, maybe you're kind of busy. You're buzzing around the office or maybe you're at home. or what, Not if you're in the car but or driving, but it's a great way to communicate. And it's a great way, too, on the show when... There's a lot to talk about, (laughs) which is today. And I know that everybody is kind of plugging into the Super Bowl uh, for the next couple of days, including today. So that'll probably be a lot of the predominant conversation. But we'll see. You can hit me up about anything you want to on the text line. It's a 601 number. Right there it is if you're watching the stream on Facebook or on Twitter. 601 number 885 ESPN. The numbers are 885-3776. But there you go. 885-ESPN, text away, hit send, we just might read it on the air. Also, call me on the Davini Equipment phone line, your Kubota dealer. You know, I talk a lot about Kubota, the big orange fleet. If you go to Davini Equipment, Highway 51 Madison, or Davini Jackson, which is on Spring Ridge Road, you'll see all the orange tractors and mowers and construction equipment, all that stuff, but you also see some blue out there but almost this color blue, a little lighter than this color blue, New Holland. They have great products as well, the New Holland tractors. And those of you who watch the stream uh, starting next week, I'll have some stuff out there with some of the New Holland stuff. You'll see that whenever we uh, take a break every now and then. But check them out. You've probably heard about New Holland, so it's not just Kubota. Also, they're your New Holland dealer here locally. And that's in Jackson and Madison. All right, so the number right there, 995-1059. 601-995-1059. We do have baseball in the show. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to, or scheduled to anyway, we're going to talk with Mike Bianco, head baseball coach at Ole Miss. Um, they're just a few ticket sales away, I think, from, from hitting a record or breaking a record, and so we'll talk about that and take a look at Mike's team at Ole Miss this year. As we're now just hitting, I guess what, today is two weeks away from opening day of college baseball. So are really looking forward to that. So we'll talk baseball with him. we got some local stuff. There's It's interesting, there's a big-time former high school basketball star in Mississippi who celebrated a birthday yesterday, and there's another one that hits even really closer to home. Today, a birthday, and I'm going to tell you who that is all coming up. First, though, as you saw, if you clicked on this, well, I, I thought I would you know, convey to you. So when I come here to the studio, I sit down and start getting ready. And a lot of times I'll reach over and I'll hit the button and connect and I can listen in to the show that is on The Zone in Jackson, 105.9 WRKS, The Zone in Jackson, the show that's on before us, which is The Gridiron with Chris Brooks and Beaver. And so I overheard some of their conversation. And it just so happened that today I overheard them talking about me because Someone who listens to this show, I'm trying to think who it was. Roger, I think it might have been Ponto, who the one who made, called here and made a big deal out of me being a Chiefs fan, saying that I thought the 49ers would probably win the game. Well, he called them. <laughs> and said, well, Matt says the 49ers are going to win because they were talking about me being a Chiefs fan. And first of all, It was well, You said
0: both ways, by the way.
1: Yeah, of course, sort of straddled defense. And it wasn't and like which a, hat you had on. Well, and I didn't really I didn't really make some big bold prediction. That's the thing about it. I didn't like come out and go, here it is, final score, 49ers going to win. That's not what I did. We just talked about it, and I talked about the advantages that I felt like the 49ers had. Now, Chris then accused me. As a Chiefs fan, he accused it of being emotional hedging. He, he he used some different words, reverse psychology, where you speak something into existence by saying the opposite. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, right. Of course not. You know, it's, right. That's how it works. What I say has a lot of effect on the outcome of the game. It doesn't. Well, if you have any comfort from. Uh Bo's, uh
0: numbers guy this morning, Lee Sterling, said it's going to be your
1: Chiefs, man. Okay, it's going to win. Well, and look. Kansas. By, by a several points. By several points. And yeah. look, I can see it happening. Look, so so let's get into it right here. The the title for the stream, Roger, that I typed in, the one you can read on Facebook is, the Chiefs are favored, dot, dot, dot. But here's how the 49ers have an advantage. Now, I worded that very carefully. I didn't say the 49ers have the advantage. <laughs> I guess I stopped short of that. I don't really want to say that. You hedge a lot, don't you? I hedge a lot, <laughs> but they have definitely have an advantage, and here's what it is. It's obvious. They run the football as well or better than anybody else in the NFL this year. That's who they are. It's what they do. I referenced it earlier in the week. I said, go back and look at what they did against Green Bay. And you go, yeah, well, man, I mean – Kansas City throws the ball as much or better than anybody in the NFL, and they do. But in a lot of these Super Bowls, if you look at you know recent winners, find me the teams that run the ball the best, and you have found me the winner. Now, last year, I don't know. I could look up the box score of the game. The Patriots beating the Rams 13-3. I don't know what the stats were. But the Patriots... Aren't always the best example of this because they have always had Tom Brady, okay, and good defenses, but they they run the ball very consistently and they've played in these games against some teams that don't run it as consistently and, you know, beat them. But if you look at last year, so Patriots win it, they ran a football. You look the year before that, Patriots win it, I'm sorry, Eagles win it over the Patriots. It's a high-scoring game, 41-33. Neither of the teams in that game, Eagles or Patriots two years ago, were capable of running the ball the way that the 49ers are. So you don't really have a team in there that exemplifies this. But then three years ago, Patriots beat the Falcons. We know, you know, Falcons up big at half, give up the, the huge comeback. Patriots win it in the second half. So the Patriots had to throw it some. But of those two teams, which one was the more consistent run game? It was New England, the team that won. The year before that, Super Bowl 50, Broncos-Panthers, the team that ran the ball the best, won the game. year before that, Super Bowl 49, Patriots and Seahawks, 28-24, we know. And this really hits home, right, when I'm going to say who ran the ball the most consistently. Well, they both were pretty good, and one had Marshawn Lynch, but the one team that didn't run the ball on the goal line lost. Run the ball consistent running game a year before that Seahawks Broncos blowout 43 to 8 we didn't get to see it but guess what it was the Seahawks who could run the ball and not the Broncos right right Super Bowl 47 back in 2012. Ravens 49ers in New Orleans Colin Kaepernick you know quarterback in the 49ers 34-31. Flacco played well, but which of those two teams was the most consistent? Hand it off and run it down your throat. Team. It was the winner, Baltimore. We can go on back. All I'm saying is, in recent years, you get in there, and if there is a team, hadn't always had that. You've had some some years where you had two teams that they both threw the ball a lot, and it, it wasn't the most obvious thing. But when you have had teams that that is their Makeup, that They can line up and tell you where they're running the ball and still make yards. When they're that good, those teams win the Super Bowl. As a Chiefs fan, that's what kind of makes you really, for me anyway, uh, leery of going out on a big limb for the Chiefs this weekend. Can the Chiefs win the game? Yeah. Why? Be, well, because they've just faced in their conference championship game a team that ran the ball comparably to the 49ers. And that's Tennessee. Think about the Titans in that playoff win over uh, Houston. What did they do? I mean, they just turn around and hand the ball off. <laughs> it's like, here comes Derrick Henry. There's nothing you can do about it. Going into that game against the Chiefs, you were thinking, I I said it, I was surprised that the Chiefs defense was that good against the Titans' run game. Again, Chris Jones is a huge part of that defense, and so is the Honey Badger. Those two guys just seem to have a knack for being around the ball and in the right place and making the right play at the right time. But look at the running games in the NFL this year. If you look at the regular season, who had the best rushing attack in the NFL this year as a team? It wasn't San Francisco. It was Baltimore. Right, because of Lamar Jackson, right. So it's the run game paired, you know, of, of guys getting the football paired with a quarterback who also rushed for 1,000 yards himself, basically. Didn't he rush for 1,000, I think? They averaged 200 yards a game. They were the only team in the NFL who averaged 200 rushing yards a ball game. There's a difference there. As, a, as electric and fun to watch and good as Lamar Jackson is, I mean, he made the Pro Bowl it's not a team that was very well balanced. It's not a team that was as much of an explosive threat in their pass game as they were in their run game. So then you go to the number two rushing offense in the NFL this year. Who is it? They're in the Super Bowl. It's San Francisco. 144 yards a game. They rush for more touchdowns than anybody else in the NFL this year. That's what they do. That's how they get it in the end zone is they run the ball. And this idea of taking it out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands is another thing that came up on the gridiron. Look, if you think that it is as simple as you, sh- if you can shut down their run, Jimmy Garoppolo cannot beat you throwing the ball. That is false. That is false. The guy is really, really good. He's a huge reason they've been able to build this offense around him. He is capable of putting it in the air if you give it to him and, you know, making those throws and hitting you for those explosive plays. They're capable of that. And I just think that if you look closely, it, the thing about the 49ers is second best rushing offense in the NFL, but a much more balanced offense overall. I would tell you that in terms of game planning and you know how your matchups are going to play out. It's a much harder scouting job to get ready for the 49ers than it was for Baltimore, even though Baltimore had a thousand more yards rushing this year than San Francisco did. It's because it was way more lopsided to one thing for Baltimore. They were not nearly as big of a threat throwing a ball as San Francisco is. Debo Samuel for San Francisco is very underrated. Now you're going, stop, 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 man. Hold on a minute. You're sitting here on Friday of the Super Bowl on the air as a Chiefs fan just talking yourself through all the reasons that you think the 49ers are going to win. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying that because on a previous show I was accused of emotional hedging, reverse psychology, all that, I'm explaining my take on this. And a team that can line up and do what they did to Green Bay, which is just physically manhandle the Green Bay defense. They embarrassed Green Bay's defense. They took their manhood and ran them out of that stadium by just turning around and the ball off. Threw it eight times. You just almost never see that. In the NFL. And and look, you go, well, is is this personnel or is that the philosophy for Shanahan? You know why he decided to build the offense that way? Because the defense is so good. That's what he did. He goes, we're going to build the defense this way. They're kind of looking at, you know, what that last Broncos Super Bowl when they beat Cam Newton and the Patriots. You know, they had Peyton Manning over there, but really it was ball control offense and just beat up people with their defense. He goes, well, we're going to build that in San Francisco and get there, get back there in a hurry. Well, they build that on defense and go, well, what would go with it on offense is if we're dominant on the offensive line and we can ball control on offense and keep the ball away from people. So, I mean, something's got to give. Because if the 49ers' offense works at all the way it has been working, it's going to be uncomfortable for the Chiefs because their offense is going to be sitting over there On the sideline, watching the defense play. You go quick strike offense for the Chiefs. Yes, and they're going to have to be quick strike, and they can't start slow in this game the way they have the last two ballgames. Go back and look. Right? I mean, and I think I I may have gotten the playoff matchups mixed up earlier when I mentioned it. Sometimes I get them mixed up. I just know, you know, you look at the last two games for including against Tennessee, a really slow start and fall behind early and you're down big and you're you know you're coming back from three scores down they cannot do that in this game so the chiefs are favored cuz they got the best quarterback in the game and the most explosive offense in the game and a defense who's coming off a win where they just shut down Let's see. San Francisco is the second best rushing offense in the league. Uh, Tennessee was the third. They just shut down the third best rushing offense. Now they're going to play the second best rushing offense. So the Chiefs are favored. Experience in this thing. Andy Reid's been here before. That whole thing. He not won it, but he's been here. I'll be chopping right along with everybody. I hope it's Patrick Mahomes for 450 yards and five TDs, too. That's what I hope. But I honestly look at it and go, history tells me that the team that runs the ball wins this game. When there have been teams that that is their identity and that's what's gotten them to the Super Bowl, they have gone in there and won it. That's why I think San Francisco has an advantage. I really do. And they're more balanced. They're not the Ravens. They're not the Ravens who you know, our 2-1 to run to pass. It may look like that at times. They didn't have to throw it last week against the Packers because they were just brutalizing them so badly. But that's not an indication overall. This is that overall a Super Bowl caliber team who was very balanced this year. And their quarterback is very good. He, um, I mean, look, there's a reason that San Francisco paid him the way they did to get him out of you know, the backup role behind Tom Brady. And there's a reason that there's a whole lot of people in New England. They're not saying it publicly, but you follow the tea leaves who believe they should have figured out a way to keep Garoppolo around and that Brady's time passed. Well, I mean, maybe he proved you wrong the last couple of years. But... Hey, and speaking of Brady, Roger, I don't know if you saw this, but did you see there's some smoke billowing out there? Tom Brady could wind up in Tennessee. Um, yeah, Grokowski was saying he ought to put himself out there as a free agent. He
0: deserves. Yeah, deserves to be a free agent. Well, what what does he mean? Like maybe he can get out there and get it finally get paid, like the quarterback
1: that he is. Yeah. Rather yeah, than I mean, having he, to give it up for the team, I don't I think money is a big thing for him. No, it's not, and. Um, I mean, it's, heck, his wife makes He's more than he got does. Plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got plenty of money. Um, I don't know. It's there. There just seems to have been the look of a deteriorating. It all started with that guru, that fitness guru of his, that he wanted yeah.
0: to have around, and they didn't want him around. Didn't want him around. Yeah. And Tom got his feathers ruffled. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It just he started probably to hadn't look... been told no since eighth grade. <laughs> Right. It's been a while. Certainly since anybody told him no with authority, I think is what is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Braun on Facebook says, I'm pulling for your Chiefs because they have a solid Hale State presence and because I don't like the Niners, but probably won't watch. I'm ready for some baseball. (laughs) There are some people that are just looking right past it, in fact. And see, Michael said that also. He says, but Matt, Tennessee doesn't have a defense like the 49ers do. See, Michael, that's what I'm touching on. You know, we can sit here and go, the Chiefs shut down the Titans, therefore they're going to be able to shut down the 49ers. Well, maybe we'll see. But I could argue with you that, I mean, the 49ers, again, they're, you're right. Their defense is much better than Tennessee's. They built their team around the defense, despite of you know having a pretty explosive run game on the offensive side. It's a different type of challenge for Kansas City, and I feel like I, I get this sense that there's a different type of pressure on Kansas City than there is San Francisco. I mean, because Kansas City favored, therefore this, this pressure. San Francisco underdog, nobody believes in us. You know, Kansas City. Hey, this could be Andy Reid's last chance. San Francisco. Shanahan, young guy. He'll do it again. You know, I mean, the vibe is different. Just getting started. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Yeah, buddy. Back on the show. Uh, real quick, Roger, what were you telling me about flights from China? Well, Delta is gonna and, and American are
0: gonna be suspending flights into China and out, I guess. But the the funny thing is it says all flights will be suspended starting February sixth. The headline is they're suspending them in a, in a week. <laughs> Now that that virus went from supposedly uh, three hundred cases last week to eight thousand Wednesday, yeah, ten thousand today. Now, that first that first week, there was an increase of twenty three hundred percent. Now you're you you're pretty good at math. Eh, I don't know about that, but try me. <laughs> Imagine well, I mean, if you have a twenty three hundred percent growth every week. And they're saying it'll be three months at the earliest, if we're lucky, before we can get something, you know, to vaccinate against this thing. Yeah. Uh,
1: So just uh, do the math. You multiply it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It looks like one of those movies. (laughs) Like, you know, what was that movie they had had on the ship? You know, where the last ship was the name of it. And they were just cruising around, you know, trying to. Yeah. Something had wiped almost everybody
1: out. Mm. Yeah. Dangerous. Yeah,
0: let's hope it's you know man, let's
1: pray for those folks. That's right. Um Roger, is it just like a myth or is there something to it that they are speculating that this goes back to this Chinese thing of eating bats? You know, like the bats that fly around in your attic or you know what I'm saying, like hanging upside down in a cave, bats. Have you heard that? Yeah, if you want to catch up and see this,
0: this the stuff that'll make you wonder why are our politicians and leaders not up on TV with their hair on fire about this, go to Twitter and search for hashtag China virus. And, and in that stream, you'll, you'll see the hygienic issues. I mean, there was a guy eating a bird. It was raw in a, in a, like a supermarket setting. Yeah. Like, you know, that's where I go up and I get my raw bird and he just pulling it apart and eating it. And like. Well, they have soup over there with a bat in it. Yeah, they get a little bowls of soup, and the thing they do is they they kind of cut, they disembowel it, Ugh. you know. So you don't because you don't want the guts in it. You know, even even the Chinese. <laughs> it's <laughs> just like they, shrimp. It's just like yeah, shrimp. <laughs> the, yeah. They, so they cook the bat in the soup, and then they they stage the thing when they serve it with the bat sitting in it with its wings and mm-hmm. its
1: mouth, you know. Yeah, so you can a look at it. grimace looking at you like who? I mean, who wants yeah. to eat bat soup? I mean, no wonder. They're back <laughs> crazy, if you ask me.
0: Yeah. yeah, I had squirrel dumplings, and now I think maybe that was a little nuts to do that. Nah, just fry it. Well, well, we didn't. It was boiled. I guess. <laughs> Biled. Biled. Yeah. And they got the head in it. That was supposedly good luck if you got the head. I'm yeah. like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm five and you're pulling my leg.
1: Good luck. Right. <laughs> Air quotes there. That's tough stuff. Okay. So back on a less sour note. Yeah. I do have a great story here on the Super Bowl. We were talking about Super Bowl commercials. I got one here where a guy spent six million dollars on one and it's not a company. It's a guy. I'll tell you who it is. Mike Bloomberg. Nope, not him. Hey, you he might have spent six million for all we know. He did. This was somebody different here, though, in fact. Uh, real quick on the text line. Um, let's just say here. All South Painting says, pretty sure we are hosting a super regional. What are you talking about? All South, what are you talking about? That's our painter right there. I don't know. What, I mean, who's hosting the super regional? Why? Is that a text you meant meant to send like last um, May? <laughs> I missed it. Ghost Texter says, advantage for Chiefs is speedy receivers and a great quarterback. The 49ers did lose three games this season. That's right. They are not like unbeatable, and there are definite reasons that the Chiefs, the Chiefs, are favored in this game. Can the Chiefs win? Yeah, absolutely. I think it would break a trend in recent history in the Super Bowl if a team goes in there with this dominant ability to run and they don't win the game. I'm just saying that would break a trend. Uh, Somebody from Alabama says, hey, Wyatt, would you be interested in interviewing the girl who is going to try out as a kicker at Mississippi State? If so, let me know and I'll have her contact you. I'd love to know that story. I sure would. So we have a girl who's going to try out as uh, as a kicker at Mississippi State. I'd love to know uh, the details. I've heard of that stuff before, but yeah, sure enough, send me the details and we'll, we'll look into it. Uh, Jason says that in China they eat puppies and kittens too. Not the cleanest folks in the world.
0: Well, you know, that's the rumor around here. Eat that uh, Meow Meow Guy pan. Mm. Getting on a stick. Getting on a stick. Come on, Roger. They tell you it's thigh
1: meat, <laughs> but I wonder. Hey, Roger, I was looking through some notes today. Uh, and this was a show that I think a certain generation responded to the theme song as much as they did the television show. And I, but I watched it, and and because I, even though it was like the setting was years before I was born, it's still it was a show about young people or kids, and so I could associate with it because I was that age at that time. I know it's a weird thing. Anyway, I'll just tell you what it is. So the first episode ever of The Wonder Years aired on this day in 1988. Watch the Wonder Years. What would you do if I sang out of tune? would you stand up and walk out on Roger? And so this is like taken from a pop song or you know, a popular song and made it into a theme song of a TV show.
0: I will try not to sing out a key
1: yeah. oh, baby mm-hmm. Do you remember the show, Roger, at all? What was it did you the, say the name of the, the, the show? Wonder oh,
0: Years. Yes, I remember The Wonder Years. I w I wasn't necessarily a, a huge fan. I was at some point in my life where my tastes were changing yeah. or something, you
1: know. So, Fred Savage was the little kid, like the star of the show, and he was in love with Winnie Cooper, or they were friends, and then they were in love, and they were friends, they were in love. And Winnie Cooper, who, by the way, the actress that played that part as a kid, is now uh, a big time star on all these Hallmark movies on the Hallmark Channel. And then there was his best friend, who I think, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but in the Wonder Years, wasn't his best friend named Mark? I think he was, but y- y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but the best friend was a little nerdy kid who wore glasses. And the rumor in the 90s was that kid had grown up to become, um, oh gosh, who was the goth, like devil-worshipping, goth, hard rock guy that painted his face white? Nah. Marilyn what? Oh, Marilyn Manson. Yeah, Marilyn Manson. The I
0: androgynous one.
1: Yeah, that's, so the, the rumor was that that kid grew up to be, that's not true. It was just a legend. Anyway, I saw that today, and you talk about bringing back memories. Anybody like my age, you were in high school in the 90s, therefore you were a kid, young person coming up in the 80s. You remember The Wonder Years, an incredibly popular show, and it launched the career of Fred Savage, the actor. So I just had to bring this to the show. Roger, do you remember Fred Savage's appearance on Austin Powers, the movie? Yeah. When he was the mole, they had placed him inside the the inner circle of Dr. Evil, <laughs> to get... He was the mole. But as it, a, as it turns, tall out,
0: version of the kid in the Wonder Right,
1: year. but as it turns out, he had an actual mole on his upper lip. Uh, upper and version. Austin Powers could not, not say something. Okay. By the way, I realize oh, yeah.
0: that I have a large mole on my face.
1: Where? <laughs> what? Where's that mole? <laughs> I didn't see one.
0: <laughs> I also realize the irony that I am myself i
1: No one would make that connection.
0: Anyway, well done, old chap. Jolly good work.
1: Yes, nice to mole you. Meet you. Nice to meet you, Mole. Don't say mole. Stop. I said mole. Stop. He said mole, Roger. About five times. He couldn't stop (laughs) saying it. Bye. Mole. (laughs) Hold on, one more. Mole. One more. Mole. Oh, shut up! Moley, moly 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 Oh,
0: up! That movie was clean. You could take the kids to it, right? I don't I mean, know if you it could. being a
1: little. Uh, yeah, the language I mean, was
0: clean. Is what I mean. Yeah,
1: you're right. It was for the most. But part. It was a bit randy. And it definitely was that. All right, hour one in the books. No, it's no. We got more. Don't we? it's not hour, end of hour one.
0: Slow down.
1: <laughs> I'm in a hurry. Back on the show. What's up? I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, comments on Facebook, Derek on the Facebook stream, who's obviously a Chiefs fan, says, Blasphemy! I was complimenting the 49ers. Steve says, you're right. The Saints will be playing, if not for another blown interference call, in the end zone. Is that right? You know, I I hate to bring up a sore subject for Saints fans, but did I see, hear, read, I think I saw it, caught it somewhere, that the official who blew the call against the Saints last year in the NFC Championship game is an official in this year's Super Bowl. He's calling the Super Bowl this year. I think I did see that. So whatever punishment there was, if there was any, that sure didn't last very long, did it? And Philip says, Hail State from Foley, Alabama. What's up, Matt? Talking about eating bats today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd much rather talk about eating those uh, Lambert's Throat Rolls that you can get at Lambert's in Foley, Alabama. Hadn't been down there in a while. So hey to you and Foley. Philip says, I used to trap stray cats, drop them off behind the Chinese buffet place at night. Tell the truth, Philip. You didn't really do that. At least, I hope you didn't. <laughs> Gator Nation on the text line at 885-ESPN, 885 885-ESPN. 885 That's the text line. It's a 601 number. He says, Super Bowl, Matt versus Beaver, Roger who wins. So you want Roger to break the you know, swing it one way or the other. Matt's a Chiefs fan. Beaver's a 49ers fan. And and that's – you- look, let me just say before you give me your prediction, Roger, that's another thing they got wrong. They said that I had done some little subtle trash talking this week regarding no. the 49ers. None whatsoever. No, I, I remember. All right, so break the tie. Who's going to win? Uh, well,
0: I, I'm going to go with the guys who – bet money on things you know because i mean they, they've obviously researched it pretty well yeah the what guy this morning said that uh, it was going to be the chiefs and then, right. you know about maybe a touchdown or more Hmm. okay so take some solace from that now ben, ben has been wearing this chain i don't know if you've heard about it or seen it have you seen it on hopefully put it up on social media probably his twitter page um but it's like i'm talking about like it looks like a log chain but it's gold gold tone okay and uh it's got a big san
1: francisco logo does it really yeah yeah so he's 49ers big, logo. He's big 49ers fan yeah wearing that thing around you know the chiefs and 49ers they share some history in that that's that's who joe montana played for obviously Super Bowl is with the 49ers and then finished his career out with kansas city and the chiefs number 16 in san fran number 19 in kc hall of famer joe montana Speaking of generational quarterbacks, Hog Jowl on the text line says, Mahomes is a generational quarterback. He will lead uh, the Chiefs to a victory. As a matter of fact, he will win multiple Super Bowls. Well, I'd be okay with that. And here's the thing. If he wins this Super Bowl after doing what he's done, the numbers that he's put up, some of the plays that he's made in this Super Bowl run to get here, coming off an MVP season last year in his first year as a starter, then no question, he's the best in the NFL. Now, you can already watch him play and easily point to things and go, man, he's the best in the NFL. (laughs) But then you throw that, again, a Super Bowl win right here, you throw that in there, and now you got a a resume and and everything that's checked off, everything about Mahomes checked off. There was a lot of interesting comments this week. Out there about other teams. Did you really? Uh, did you evaluate Patrick Mahomes the way the Chiefs did? He's, you know, he's turned out to be so good. Um, and and frankly, a lot of coaches were honest and they said, "No, I'll be honest we We didn't really. We checked them out. So we did all the others, but we didn't have him as high on our list." <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just have to admit it. And of course, they have to admit it. Here is that story I was going to tell you earlier, Roger. I just found it really interesting. A guy named David McNeil, story about him, a guy named David McNeil, his aging best friend, a dog coming down with cancer, had only a short time left on the earth. This is the dog, not the man. But he couldn't face the reality of putting his seven-year-old golden retriever scout to sleep. So he took him to the University of Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine, where after having just a 1% chance of survival, doctors there were able to save Scout's life after they gave him an aggressive chemotherapy and radiation that nearly eradicated the tumor. Fortunately for McNeil, this guy David McNeil, he is the owner of the Car accessories giant called WeatherTech. Everybody's heard of WeatherTech. He's the owner of that company. He's uh, in a position where, you know, he's got plenty of money. So he decided to show his appreciation for the vet school at the University of Wisconsin. He did it in this way. He dropped $6 million on an ad slot and a commercial that will run during the Super Bowl on Sunday. The message in that ad is going to be to encourage viewers to donate to the vet school's research. And it says here, let me read this, says, in plans of creating an even larger donation than McNeil would have given if he just gave the money to the school. And of course in the ad you're going to see the actual dog, the seven-year-old golden retriever scout who had a 1% chance to live, and they saved him. Here's what the school's dean said. This is an amazing opportunity not only for the University of Wisconsin-Madison and the School of Veterinary Medicine, but for veterinary medicine worldwide. So the they're hoping to raise the money for research into animal cancer. So think about this now. So the guy's brilliant from a business standpoint. Either that or he's the most you know lucky, but it's probably a little bit of both. He owns WeatherTech, plenty of money, multi-multi-multi-millionaire. I don't know if he's a billionaire, but anyway, so he goes, and instead of going, well, you know, I could give them a large donation to show my appreciation for him saving my dog's life, or I could take that same amount of money, I could buy an ad in the Super Bowl for $6 million, run it, asking people to donate, and then the reach with that ad would actually get more donations and more money than I could actually give on my own. Isn't that cool? I found it a very, very interesting story. Hey, one more money story, too. This was sent to me yesterday, and it was right at the end of the show. If you are listening and you're the one who texted me that link It was right at the end of the show. I didn't get to it. I'm getting to it now. You've probably heard it by now, but this is significant. This is about the SEC. This is about State and Ole Miss. The Southeastern Conference gave each school more than $44 million in total revenue distributed by the league, a seven-figure increase from the previous fiscal year. Okay, so according to Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, this is yesterday, they handed out just over $651 million in total revenue among the 14 members of the SEC uh, last year. Oh, well, I'm sorry, he handed it out yesterday, this is for last year, but $651 million. The previous year, it was $627 million. So... If you go, well, what does that mean for State and Ole Miss? Okay, 44. You've heard them get a big check from the league's revenue before. So you have equal revenue sharing in the SEC. That's what you have. It means that the last check they got from the league was $43 million. And the conference gets a cut, too, don't they? Oh, sure. Yeah. An equal cut. That's right. So stayed and Ole Miss the year before each got forty three million. This year they each got forty four million. And you go, well, what's the difference of a million? Yeah, well, what can they do with a million dollars? They can do a lot with that extra million dollars.
0: A lot of there,
1: no doubt. Isn't
0: it going? Aren't they going to be redoing this deal pretty soon? And so it's it's just going to get bigger. Yes, the I, on Bo Show this morning it was like that very distant future,
1: maybe up to seventy five million. Per it, for it's probably going to be something like that because what's happening, as I understand it, the, the SEC game that you have been watching for the last ever how many years, the CBS Game of the Week with the SEC, you know, Uncle Vern and Gary Danielson, and now it's Brad Nessler and Danielson, the the two thirty game on CBS, the national broadcast, the biggest game of the week every week in the SEC, our biggest time slot. Um, basically, the value's gone up. CBS said, well, we're out, Um, are not going to pay and compete with what ESPN and ABC are going to pay the conference. It's going to be through the roof. And they're even going to, I think, fork up the money to buy out the remaining part of this contract with CBS so they can go ahead and start it. So ESPN and ABC can go ahead and start it. And so you're right. There's about to be plenty of money. Uh, Not that there wasn't already. For some schools, it's going to, it's just basically, it's going to be a whole new day. Does that just filter out
0: to the whole school or just the athletic department? Good question. I don't really know where it all goes. I sure, really where don't. it smooths some, you know, the academics get their feathers ruffled. That was sure.
1: They do. Sure, yeah. make them feel better, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, some schools may have different setups. I just don't know. Hour two coming up.